TCS Wi-Fi keeps e-radio connected, fast, flexible and reliable. Visit tcswifi.co.za. TCS Wi-Fi. It's internet. Only better. 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 I can't believe it. It's uh, that time of the week again where we uh, get together here in our uh, studio and we talk about all things tech, everything that's happened uh, this past week. Kane, has it been uh, an exceptionally busy week uh, tech-wise? To me, it wouldn't seem so. Maybe you saw some things I didn't. Oh, yeah. No, we've got we've got a lot of good stuff this week, actually. And it's, it's funny because I always sometimes I'll start... I'll start out the week, you know, and the week goes by and I'm thinking, yo, you know, there's not much happening in tech. And then yeah, I kind yeah. of collect all of the stuff that came past my radar and I'm like, no, this was an eventful week. But I guess in tech, every week is actually it is. eventful. It is. It's just about the coverage. Uh, we obviously have our favorite sources uh, to follow on social media covering tech news. And if they don't cover it, we don't know about it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But we've got some stories here. Some I think will blow your mind. Others I think will you'll find very interesting, and others you'll feel a bit concerned about. So it's all a concerned good concerned about, hey? Absolutely. And you know, Whoa. you know who we're starting with? Who? DSTV. Oh, really? We're starting with DSTV now. A good news or bad news? Well, yeah, it's how you take it. It's all about perspective, I guess. But it's bad news for the average consumer who's doing what they're stopping being done. But uh, in, an, in another nutshell, it's also good news because Netflix is doing it more harshly. So what's happening now Hold is on, hold on. You know what's, what, what needs it, to be done here, is don't you? Is that time, Kane? Hold on. <laughs> oh, we're back to the it's Titanic. Sinking. We're is back. It, is there space on the door for me? <laughs> <laughs> so... Officially now, DSTV streaming is now limited to one device. Oh, yes. That was from, from this week, eh? Exactly. So, mult, the multi-choice group is now seeking to end the practice of password sharing on its DSTV streaming service. It has begun enforcing the new rule that limits streaming to one device at a time. Last month, and we spoke about this, the company updated its terms and conditions, telling consumers that it was making the change to tackle a scourge of password sharing and piracy. Shoot. Now, when they say piracy, piracy I get it. It's not piracy. Piracy no, not, is no. the process of taking something that's online, pirating it, and distributing it for free. Unless somebody's taking uh, videos of their <laughs> screens. But for someone to, <laughs> to conduct piracy yeah. against DSTV, no. they need exclusive content. It's not piracy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not piracy. Get the exclusive not content piracy. first, then we talk nope. about piracy. Nope. Um, so now the password sharing on DSTV has become commonplace as families and friends share the cost of subscribing to pay television operators content boutiques which i think is fair you know like if i buy your service i'm allowed to give it to my friend i don't go to the store and buy myself a new phone charger and i'm like sorry i'm not going to share my phone charger with you because yeah. i bought this phone charger yeah it's, know, my, it's my yeah. phone charger don't try to steal my phone charger but if i give it to you out of the goodness of my heart it shouldn't be a problem mm-hmm. however multi-choice said in february when it announced the change plans that password sharing had become a challenge for streaming providers globally obviously hinting towards netflix and i find it kind of um, coincidental that uh, when Netflix makes these changes, so does DSTV, almost as if they're acting from one voice. Mm. So I don't know if it's DSTV seizing the opportunity to introduce this idea or if it's greater than that and somehow DSTV and Netflix get themselves in a roundtable discussion to discuss potentially implementing something like this. And it would be worthwhile paying attention to your Apple TV and your um, Showmax and all these other subscription services to see what they're enabling because if it's coming from a global forefront or from an individual with another person taking the opportunity, that does play a role. But users can still watch previously downloaded content on a second device. The change has been made to all DSTV subscriptions in South Africa and the rest of Africa. Multi-choice is not limiting the number of people using a login. However, it is limiting the service to one concurrent stream. Also, the number of devices users can register for streaming has not changed remaining at four and this is actually where I'm I'm a little bit happy 
because yes we 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 take the piss out of dstv sometimes for some of their really badly thought out plans Mm. but by not limiting how many devices can log in is way better um because if you limit the device that can log in what you end up having is the subscription per device yeah and that becomes expensive and also very unscalable Mm. you can't you can't be expected to have two dstv subscriptions one for your smart tv and one for your smartphone but that's what netflix is doing netflix is limiting the amount of devices you can have connected to your netflix account and their solution is charging you an extra 45 rand 55 rand to add another account underneath you so what dstv doing is a little less harsh than netflix which is actually welcomed it's better than it being both harsh so you will be able to stream content on different devices from dstv but not at the same time so if you're if your family members watching something on their phone and you try access something to watch on your dstv decoder sorry it's not going to work you will have to stop the other person in the house watching the content for you to watch it's bad it's going to create a lot of conflict oh, yeah. from possibly ending marriages and remotes as they get chucked <laughs> across the room at other people yeah <laughs> oh my gosh oh my word let the war begin that's going to be world war 3 i'm telling you screw russia it's going to be it's going to be world war 3 in, in the homes listen did you know that there's a checkers here in south africa the first of its kind that is completely powered by Renewable energy, solar energy. Amen. Fantastic. It's in Somerset West in Cape Town. Look, the entire store, you know, it doesn't really have a roof. It's all solar panels. (laughs) So, but but let me tell you, all those solar panels keep that whole store, all the fridges, all the lights, everything on. It's the first of its kind. It's called Checkers Satari. And it is the, uh, it's a South African first, becoming the first supermarket in the country to harness renewable energy completely as its uh, power source. Let's see who wins the race to the second company yeah. in South Africa to do that. That's what I'm interested yes. in seeing now. S- yeah, exactly. But the whole roof, look look at all those solar cells, all those solar Fantastic. panels. That's but excellent to see. That's what we want to see. It is. I think that's quite More revolutionary. That. And they disengage from ESCOM's grid. So, yeah, so never ever will they have produce. load shedding. Yeah, yeah, it's important for produce. You know, you got your you you yeah. either got to sustain the refrigeration with yeah de- generators, which is mm-hmm. not a good idea considering petrol just went up. <laughs> so that's not very financially feasible anymore. And uh, they also don't have to have those noisy generators to keep them running. I don't know if you ever been in a basement at some of the malls <laughs> when there's load shedding and they're running their um, freaking uh, generation <laughs> things. You listen. First of all, you're blown away. You can't hear yourself think. And second of all, there's this warm wind that's generated from it. It is actually quite scary to to be near those generators. But I mean, that kind of noise it's just to generate electricity noise for for more. It is. You can't hear yourself. No. It is re- re- wonderful that it's keeping them all on and powered. But jeez. All the cars in that basement become electric cars because you can't hear them turn on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, good point. And also, my dream. Yes, and the the gases they release—it's insane. Have you ever have you ever seen one of those big generators? I have. They they have one in the Nazareth Mall in the basement. Invisible, invisual. That's that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, you can actually see it. Yeah, yeah, it is massive. It's about time that things start happening like this. And you know what? I've read about a very interesting initiative just this week. And I, I can't for the life remember where it was. It was either Spain, France, mm. somewhere there with canals. Okay. And what they've done and what they're planning to do, they've run a test period where they've implemented some solar panels. Um, but the way they've done it is so clever. So instead of creating a f- solar farm, which mm. is traditionally a piece of land that has a bunch of solar panels on it that all generate power. There was also another initiative that changed the way you place the solar panels on the ground. So instead of having to mount it on concrete, they just mount it straight to the ground and attach them together. It creates like 30% less cost of creating a solar farm. But this particular company one up that, and what Mm. they've done is they've placed solar panels above the canals, which transport the water. Does two things. One, it generates power by utilizing unused space. Two, it reduces the amount of evaporation happening Mm. of that water and saves 30% water 
right? So they've built something which if they happen to cover every single canal with solar panels, they will save an immense amount of water and generate electricity that could power thousands of houses. Yo. And that's clever. Very clever. That's clever. It's the way to go. It's that's the future. You know, that's Stop relying, out the box thinking. Stop relying on power utilities. Exactly. Like Eskom, I even read another article. Eskom's creating a green energy generation unit now. They're building one. Oh dear. I don't know how to feel about it. I feel happy, but also like very displeased that it takes this long for them to start the process. You know, year forward to load shit. Like, you know what we need? We need green energy. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> Yo, but I'm still concerned about uh, Kuburg, eh? Oh, yeah. The nuclear plant. Because I don't know if you saw last week, I think. It was a bit of a mishap. Somebody opened the wrong valve or something. They, they it almost they ended in a disaster. Was they were working on one of the power plants, one yeah. of the nuclear facilities, mm, mm. and they turned off uh, a valve, a okay. closed a valve, mm-hmm. for, the wrong, for the wrong building. <laughs> And it almost caused a catastrophic failure. <laughs> and that's a nuclear power plant. The I disaster. think twice before I switch on a light a switch. How can you not be careful when you when you close those valves and stuff? You're okay. Like, it blows my mind, eh? But it's I'm very concerned about that. I mean, we cannot afford a nuclear accident. No, that's a catas- catas- catastrophe. That's absolutely devastating. Jeez. And to... T- to, to for that to be the reason it failed human error on a it's, it's like, usually human error it's yeah. like hiring a plumber to work on your nuclear power plant he's gonna make <laughs> a mistake but hire the experts you know sure. so next up um are we going on a music break yes what have you got for us when we come back so we've got some some turmoil between drivers and Uber and Bolt. Oh, I saw that. Yes. The taxis are blocking the highway as well. It's going to eh? be heavy. That, that happened today, I think. So we're going to talk about that and how Uber and Bolt is dealing with it, which is quite clever on it's Uber's be difficult. part. They've also got a rape case or something going on there against uh, yeah. a, a, a Bolt driver. Bolt think, is eh? in dire, dire it's not, circumstances. It's not looking good for, for the company. No. <clears throat> and TransUnion hackers have leaked Celsi and ANC member databases, but we're talking... <sighs> millions of people's personal data exposed of which that could be you oh dear so we're going to take a look at that (laughs) here's uh, the chain smokers they've got a new song called ipad do people still use their ipads i haven't seen i haven't seen somebody with an ipad recently someone once took a photo of me the other day with an ipad and i was like it seems like such a hard task (laughs) because it's so big yeah you're basically holding up a whiteboard (laughs) as a camera (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah oh gosh that's a nice one uh the chain smokers and uh ipad Uh, i haven't had one of those uh i've i've never ever had an ipad actually which is quite funny it's apparently a very good investment is it nice to have an ipad i just can't get i'm a laptop guy i am and i don't i don't i don't like the idea of working and doing work on a on a on a screen but at the same time sometimes i wish my phone screen was bigger and that's yeah. where an iPad comes in. And then uh, people stand there with their whiteboards. It's <laughs> a bit funny. Can you take a call on an iPad? You can. How would you do, <laughs> would you do that? Instead of picking it up and putting Hello? it to your head, you put your head to the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, that's but funny. On, a, on a serious note, we have the Public Private Transport Association, or PPTA, expecting at least 30 thousand drivers from uber uber eats bolt bolt food and in driver and mr d food will partake in a sure. national shutdown of e-hailing and app-based delivery services today right this is happening today uh, th- that is what ppta's founder um, told ENCA on Monday. The organization claims to represent a collective of e-hailing representative bodies that want the government to regulate the industry and give drivers more say on pricing. Its three-day strike begins on Tuesday, starting with a slow drive from Maribusted in Pretoria to the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition offices in the capital CBD. PPTA then handed over a memorandum with the driver's demands. They also intended to hand over a memorandum at the union buildings appealing directly to President Cyril Ramaphosa. The strike will continue on Wednesday and culminate in a national shutdown on Thursday 24 March when drivers aim to block public roads and disrupt access to critical institutions. And 
Ivan just showed me a picture now of what this is looking like and it's not looking good. It's really looking not good. Um, <laughs> yeah. They advised commuters in the country who relied on e-hailing services to make alternative arrangements saying that there would be a limited number of drivers available. Even those who are not participating in the active strike to submit the memorandum will be offline at home. So people are like literally taking your ability to get an Uber or a Bolt or an Uber Eats or a Bolt food or a Mr. D delivery, anything like that is taken off the table. They're trying to reduce the amount of available service providers in the area. I wonder what happens to the one guy that's traveling, hmm. you know, zigzag <laughs> across the whole entire country trying to give everyone their food. But ultimately, they're they're trying to actually get a, a South Africa to create a, a national regulatory committee that ensures that drivers can increase the cost that they charge for you the person who's getting the lifts they want more money out of it and this is their way of doing it and ultimately we know uber is not a south african company bolt mm. is but yeah. i just got an uh, a notification me two too. minutes ago from me uber. too but i closed it now looking, <laughs> i was looking for it now on my phone i was like hey Kel, i got a notification uh, you you got yours there what yes. is it saying something about eta so they said that currently um services may be um sporadic mm. and unreliable as there's currently strikes on the, on uh on on their apps and things like that and that we should res- uh, expect less reliable services over the course of the next few days as this is happening and it's it's coming from uber on the day i mean they've got international attention i mean they're getting what they want out of it um, but, yeah. but ultimately, yeah, don't try and get an Uber but, today. But Kane, I can never get an Uber. Really? Yes. It's in Nice now. You know, but I can't get one. Have you tried? I've tried. It says busy. I checked it out one day. I was like, hey, let, let me try it. Okay, well. And it said busy. There's only it's, one The drivers are the always moment. for the whole town. Yeah. Is that, a, is that not a bit of a problem? Can't, don't people want to be Uber drivers? <laughs> Well, it's a great opportunity if you have a car. I'm it not, is. Not your skadonk. Don't take your skadonk because then people can't get to it. Come on, it's a great opportunity. Or do you not want strangers in your car? I actually got car? an Uber this morning, so Nisner's not striking. So you had an Uber. Okay, how long did you wait for it? A few minutes. It's what? Yeah. So you, it's all about timing, right? Because always, even on Bolt, it says driver's busy. And you yeah. can't click on it. Then you got to wait until they're not busy. Yeah, and then they asked me if I wanted to be an Uber driver. There was a pop-up. I was like, no, I'm looking. I, I want to lift. I don't have one. I want to lift. I want to lift. <laughs> yes, it's good oh, money. My word. It is. It is. Do you know what TransUnion is? Yes. So they have been hacked. Ooh. And Salsi and ANC <laughs> member databases were leaked. Oops. But listen to this. The group is claiming responsi- the group claiming responsibility for the attack on TransUnion is Naughty Sec TU and has posted a Salsi consumer database as part of a series of leaks to prove their claims. They have also posted a database containing the personal data of ANC members. Both databases contain names, ID numbers, and cell phone numbers. Oof. While the ANC database contains limited physical address information, the Salsi data set includes email addresses, some physical addresses, and bank account information. The ANC database contains 1.2 million records, and Celsius leaked contract subscriber database contains 1.8 million records. According to the metadata of the leaked files, the ANC database is from 21 August 2017, while the Celsius database is dated 3 October 2010. NordicSec TU, which is the the hacking group um, who's been accused or is suspected of, of being um, part of this first informed media that it had infiltrated a TransUnion South Africa file server last week. The group, which claims to be based in Brazil, said they broke in by brute force. Listen to this. This is crazy. They broke in by brute force, guessing usernames and passwords until they found an account whose password was password <laughs> no password that's how they broke in we're not, not computer science lazy yeah, lazy people hacking. with your lazy passwords look what you've done exactly so they said they made off with 4328 gigabytes your of data Oof. including a transunion database for one of its products and a 
department of a home affairs database containing the identity information of 54 million South Africans. Is that why the system's offline? <laughs> they have demanded 15 million dollars or 222 million rand in cryptocurrency to not leak the data. TransUnion has maintained that the incident impacted an isolated server holding limited data from its South African business. Limited. 54 yeah. million South African records and 3 it's million ANC. It's all limited. No, they're just trying to put out the fire. It initially stated that the leak only contained telephone numbers, email addresses, identity numbers and physical addresses. However, in publicly posted samples, it showed that they also have bank account and vehicle registration information. TransUnion has not answered my broadband's questions about this data, only saying it believes the 54 million uh, record database has is from a 2017 data incident unrelated to TransUnion. NautiSec TU has disputed this and started posting an increasing amount of samples to prove that they obtained the data from TransUnion servers. Like, this is real political. Everyone's trying to blame shift and get out of it and this included president Soro ramaphosa and his wife's identity numbers and the id number of julius malema nah. they have threatened to leak the personal data of the president and other political figures as well as the data of judges prosecutors police lawyers and advocates my broadband contacted celsi for comment which explained that it relies on credit brewers to decide on credit worthiness of prospective customers currently celsi is not using transunion for this service and is not aware of any of their subscriber database on transunion being leaked previously celsi takes the security of subscriber data very seriously and in line with privacy laws and measures in place to ensure compliance with such requirements and to mitigate risk. This includes third parties that the company deals with. This was said by Cell C and it's not very reassuring because they're the ones whose data got breached. <laughs> you know, you see, we take it very seriously. Yeah, very, very seriously. In all cases of identity theft, which is currently rife in South Africa and other parts of the world, the breach can have serious implication for consumers, Cell C said. Citizen, now this is where I laugh. Citizens are urge to always be extra vigilant at times to guard against spear phishing and other illegal activities they take they get hacked and they, their daughter gets breached and they're telling us <laughs> we need to be careful <laughs> that's when you stop talking you're just mumbling just, on now oh my gosh um, no i can't deal Salsi said that in events like this, it guides customers to apply for protective registration through SAFPS or South African Fraud Prevention Services, which could provide an additional layer of security. And no, um, no surprise here that ANC did not respond to my broadband's request for comment. And that is the TransUnion hack. And it's serious. That's a lot of personal data. That is data. very serious. I mean, vehicle registration data, physical address information data, ID numbers, bank account information for 54 million South Africans can be dire mm. for identity theft and fraud. You basically just, if that gets leaked, you're making it 10 times easier for someone to get that last piece of information they need to get into your bank account. They have the bank account number. They have your physical ID. They have your name. They have the vehicle that you own under your name. Now they just might need your one-time PIN. And if they read that information back to you on a phishing scam like someone calls you and says listen is this Kane Valkras with the ID number da 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 who lives in da 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 we're calling from the bank we want to know something please confirm your one time pin what are you going to do you might just say it and then you're done so you do have to now be extra cautious about who you provide information to so you're saying all this was because of somebody whose password was password for that reason only so would you advise me to change my password Mine is currently one two three four five six. That's like one of the most I? common passwords. <laughs> Not joking, but people are lazy. But anyway, it looks like there's been a setback, Kane. What's that? No, no way. We're back to DSTV. <laughs> you were positive for one whole second. What happened now? <laughs> Oh, there's been a setback. Uh, apparently, uh, as it is right now, the story is uh, is breaking. Uh, scores of DSTV subscribers have now complained that since uh, the limit has been uh, implemented, that only one person can use it at a time, no one in the house can now... Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's not recognizing it, so absolutely no one can. It looks like there's there's a thread going on right now on Twitter. The past three days already, people saying since uh, that limit has been uh, implemented, I wonder if it's not an IP 
conflict so thing. now they can't so maybe it's in. seeing everybody in the house as different people or something and now it blocks them Ooh. so now no now no one can get in that's really <laughs> dangerous on their part you're gonna lose subscribers left right and center the last few like, yeah, left. what what is your what is your comeback solution okay for everybody that hasn't had service for the last five days we're gonna give you a bit of money back like it's not gonna work what are you gonna do i can't believe this stuff is happening i mean we've spoken about it before when you're making big updates to millions of people who use your service don't 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 rush it don't pre-announce it do it and make sure it's done properly and people will forget about it do it and mess it up and no one will forget about it and no one's gonna now people are gonna hear people weren't able to log into the dstv accounts now someone's thinking of getting a dstv contract in place and now they just decide i'm not gonna do that it's very dangerous i can't believe i can't believe it no ways what have you got for us when we come back Kane? so we have some interesting stuff so starlink anyone who's getting starlink internet needs to know this um starlink has upped their price i saw that so another mortgage on the house and <laughs> it comes in competitively expensive yes put it that way um google's internet cable has landed in africa okay is that a is, good thing yes absolutely okay, great and the massive um hacking group that hacked into ea ubisoft all these big companies lapsus a teen is reportedly the mastermind behind this hacking group. Really? And we're yeah. going to read about that. Also, you know, there's a very nice new song by uh, the Imagine Dragons. Uh, it's called Bones. I really like Imagine Dragons. Let's oh, hear it. Listen to this. Here it is. Brand new. Oh, I like it a lot. Uh, brand new song by the Imagine Dragons. It's called Bones. You know, they never, ever disappoint the Imagine Dragons. I must tell you, with all their releases. Oh, it's been good. They've got eh? that sound. There's a sound. It's like harmonic they've got. kind of it's very nice. I've never I've never not liked an Imagine Dragon song. I think I've the only time I've ever liked an, an Imagine Dragon song is when I like it so much I listen to it too much. Yeah, and then you get sick and of it. And then I hate it. Yes. <laughs> it's the first Absolutely. Skip, you know? Absolutely. Okay, so Starlink. Anyone who's purchased a Starlink um, starter kit or has put down their deposit for a Starlink um, internet service has uh, has some things to consider. So the satellite internet service Starlink is hiking their prices of its equipment and monthly subscription fee. So it's not just an installation price hike. It's actually a month-to-month price hike as well. Starlink blamed excessive inflation for the price adjustments in an email sent to customers effective immediately the price of a starlink kit which costs uh, which consists of an antenna router cables and mounting equipment is jumping from 499 dollars or 7400 rand to 549 dollars or 8150 rand so it's about a th- uh, just short of a thousand rand increase for your starter kit and that will apply to those who had already paid their kit deposits in countries where the service has yet to launch. New orders will pay $599 or 8,800 Rand. In addition, Starlink will bump its monthly subscription fee from $99 or 1,500 Rand to $110 or 1,600 Rand. The effective date of that increase will vary from consumer to consumer depending on when and where their monthly payment occurs. The deposit amount of $99 in South Africa seems to be remaining the same, but customers who have paid deposits will now be expected to pay $50 more for the kit once the service becomes available. Those who have not put down a deposit will pay $100 more for the equipment, and Starlink is available in 29 countries and is expected to arrive in South Africa in 2023. Next year. Okay. But they do claim that there have been... Like normally in South Africa, when we see a price hike, it's because they're not making enough money mm-hmm. to yeah. sustain the business anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little bit of a different scenario with Starlink. Obviously, they attributed the majority of the price hike to inflation. That's problem number one. But ultimately, Starlink has further motivated the increases by uh, elaborating on its continued investment in the service. Since launching their public beta service in October 2020, the Starlink team has tripled the number of satellites in orbit, quadrupled the number of ground stations, and also made continuous improvements to their network. So it's not like they're just doing nothing. I mean, mm. 
there is double the coverage, you know, quadruple the ground coverage, and then ultimately betterment of the service that is already there to improve your user experience. So would I pay that? Yeah, I would. If I didn't have an internet service and uh, Starlink was an option and it was here in South Africa and its startup cost was 8,800 Rand plus 1,500 Rand per month or 1,600 Rand per month, I would do it. Did you see what Telcom is doing now? No. They rolled out its uh, switch campaign. Uh, so they're now encouraging ADSL customers. People are still using ADSL. What? <laughs> ADSL customers to migrate to fiber by offering them a free month of internet access and waiving migration fees. A one month free subscription, router and installation is available to Telcom's DSL and copper voice customers, the copper that's left that they haven't stolen, <laughs> <laughs> that migrate to its fiber to the home services, provided uh, they are in an area covered by OpenServe. Uh, Telcom says that making the switch will reduce the risk of cable theft and increase the reliability of its customers' connections. And sounds pretty fair to move you from uh, ADSL to fiber. So you basically take out a 24-month contract. It's 23 months that you have to pay for, get a free month, and you have fiber. Yeah, it. and then you're moving with the times because Don't ADSL sit, yeah. is redundant, unfortunately. No, and it's, it's over. terrible broadband quality. Not yeah. internet quality, broadband. It's ability to computate multiple people requesting internet content but at the same But when I was time. living in Sedgefield, I was very fortunate. We were very fortunate. We had an amazing internet connection. You know why? I think it's because we lived quite close to the exchange. That does help. The exchange was a, a street or two away. It and does uh, help. I must tell you, if, if our internet went down once a year, that was a lot. Yeah. We had a, a very good internet connection. There Apparently, you lose like a meg a second per hundred meters or yeah. per kilometer away from the exchange. Yeah. So I think that that really counted in our favor. It does, but still, the ADSL now today is outdated. It's like using dial-up mm-hmm. equivalent. It exactly. really is. It's terrible. But, but I mean, you are so fancy now with your, your fiber. Hey? <laughs> how, how is your fiber? It, it doesn't fail. It are you happy? Fail. You're still happy I'm with your so fiber? Happy. I'm so Going to ask you every week for the next month or so. I di- How's I, your fiber? I'm more happy with my... Uh, you know, my WhatsApp still requests the privacy accepting thing I still have it that was on my agenda the other day to ask you <laughs> I still have it accepted but you're still it. using it no I get like a pop up a day but it's almost become really? second nature to close it I'm to like oh, it, let yeah. me go into my whatsapp yeah this oh, is how you get to your yeah. chats you know you gotta close <laughs> the pop up and then you add your chats <laughs> yeah my, my uh, you know Susan one of our regular listeners yes. uh, Susan actually sent uh, said to me the other day she was sitting behind uh, this girl in, in class uh, at the university and uh for some reason, whenever this girl opened WhatsApp or any app on her phone, she had to watch ads first. Uh, and I was like, what is on this girl's phone? <laughs> is her phone infected or something? Why would you have to watch ads to access WhatsApp and stuff? No, what do you that- think happened there? Do you think she's got some spyware on there or what? I think she tried potentially, maybe she downloaded a game that costs money and tried to do it for free. And now she has to deal with what comes with downloading a paid game for free or something it comes from installing software that you're not supposed to install on your phone or might be not on the play store and things like that yeah okay well sorry chris is showing me something here something lock or block she's got a lock on her phone is that why she has to oh if you lock your whatsapp maybe the service is free and you have to watch an ad in order to unlock it but it stays locked for person i can't see that far chris i'm sorry what is he? Sh- what is he saying? I don't understand. It's sign called AppLock. <laughs> it's oh. called AppLock. So maybe she's using like an AppLock feature. Why would you want to lock your apps? Well, if someone gets onto <laughs> your phone, maybe you don't want them going onto your WhatsApp. Oh, you know, really? maybe that's something like. What would be on your WhatsApp? No, I'm <laughs> no, I know it is a very personal it's, it's your entire, space. It's, it's like being able to look at every conversation as a person has had that Oof, day. Yeah, that's freaky. But if it wasn't digital, you know, if I yeah. could just go to you and be like, beep boop, and all of a sudden I know everything you've said the entire day to anyone, I could understand the need for potentially having locks. Also, if you work in a business where that business puts a lot of pressure on you to not work with other businesses, but you as a person trying to make money need to do that in order to sustain yourself, you don't want the possibility of having to detriment your income if you're doing your job well. Mm -hmm. You might not want them to have access to 
seeing what your messages are or maybe you're uncomfortable with your position in your job and you like to vent out some of your frustration you don't want your employer to accidentally stumble upon Oof. that information that's you venting out the anger you yeah. know so there's definitely reasons mm-hmm. for it but ultimately yeah, an sense. app like that needs to make money and apparently how they make money is putting ads on so now you watch an thank ad thank you every time mystery you solved thank you so much thanks Chris so now we're taking a look <laughs> at the Google internet cable that has landed in Africa so, a subsea cable owned by Google that promises to double internet speeds for millions of, of people in Africa arrived in Togo on Friday. The company said the latest step in a multi-year project to provide cheaper access to uh, users across the continent. Their Quino cable, the first of its kind to reach Africa, has wound its way from Portugal and will double internet speed for Tonga's 8 million residents, Google said in a statement. That may be a taste of things to come for other countries set to benefit in a region where internet use is rising fast but while networks are often crippling slowly and are a drag on economic development. So it's nice to see some some internet cables. We, we need these things. That's how we get internet to our continent. They run under the under the ocean often um, and this is obviously one of those cables has now reached um, sub-Saharan Africa and because of that we are able to potentially see more people with an active internet connection which Google claims could create up to 300,000 indirect jobs wow. and raise the GDP by $193 million that's what they said whether it's true or not isn't but internet can do a lot for people it can help them earn money can help them find a job can help them communicate with people can help them work remotely so there's definitely advantages to that and it's good to see a big a big a big player in the space like google stepping up and doing that now eon we here's something very interesting and and sort of kind of tragic uh i know you know what a, a gif is yes yes we all use GIFs. We all use GIFs. On WhatsApp is nice. So it's you nice. type in kind of like feeling angry and then you get all these funny GIFs. It's like moving images of about five seconds, I reckon. So the creator of the GIF format mm-hmm. has passed away. Oh, no. Yeah, Stefan Wilhite, the creator of the GIF, has, Jeez, has but, passed but GIFs away. have been around for years. Eh? I yeah. mean, uh, even just when the internet came out, you if you saw a movable image, that was a GIF. Yeah. Why is it called a GIF? What, it's an abbreviation, isn't it? Yes, it um, is. For, I don't know what. Graphics interchange format is what it stands Thank for. Thank you. Do you say GIF? GIF. Yeah, it's actually funny because he, he actually had a conference where he said how to pronounce GIF. So it's it is GIF. You I've always said GIF, but somebody said to me GIF. I was no, like, no, that doesn't no. sound right. It's 100% GIF. Please send me your GIF. That's <laughs> not right. So Stefan Wilhite, one of the lead inventors of the GIF, died last week from COVID at the age of 74. Wow. According to his wife... Uh, who spoke to The Verge, he was surrounded by family when he passed and his obituary page notes that even with all of his accomplishments, he remained a very humble, kind and good person. Stefan Wilhite worked on GIF or graphics interchange format, which is now used for reactions, messages and jokes while employed at CompuServe in the 1980s. He retired around the early 2000s and spent his time traveling, camping and building model trains in his basement. Although GIFs are synonymous with animated internet memes these days, that wasn't the reason Will Height created the format. CompuServe introduced them in the late 1980s as a way to distribute high-quality, high-resolution graphics in color at a time when internet speeds were glacial compared to what they are today. So he invented GIF all by himself Wow! on his own. Um, he actually did that at home and brought it into work after he perfected it, um, his wife said. He, she also said that he would figure out everything privately in his head and then go into town and program it on his computer. Oh, wow. And he, Lots of respect. he created the GIF. And Lots of respect. Thank you, Mr. GIF. We appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry, what was his name? What was his name? Stefan Wilhart. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I like using... <laughs> gifts in my conversations they're perfect to just convey emotion and, and yeah. humor I, I did really you know like that them. you get a gift maker as well like yeah. you get a couple of apps where I you make can make your often. own I turn you a video do? into a gift. it's really helpful it's not just from a comedy thing. perspective but if you let's say you create a tutorial blog a blog mm-hmm. about how to do something mm-hmm. instead of having one video where you watch the whole thing you can have sections of text complemented by a video doing the things in the text you say you need Yo, to do isn't and that a lot of image. effort it, it, it is 
and it isn't. Like okay. I looked at a thing yesterday before I went for a jog. Great stretches for runners. And every image was a GIF. Mm. So instead of having to read text about how to perform the stretch or look at a series of images oh, on how just, to perform okay. the stretch, you can see him doing it and it's an image. So they've, they've become quite versatile and uh, it's sad to, to say that he passed away, but ultimately he left behind a legacy, yeah. which has evolved quite a lot since the 1980s. Yeah, so absolutely. Next up, a teen is reportedly the mastermind behind the Lapsus Hacking Group. Right, A Bloomberg report has more details on the group's supposed leader. In recent weeks, the lapsus, which has its last S on the word is a, is a dollar sign, mm. um, hacking group has taken credit for accessing company data from NVIDIA, Samsung, Ubisoft, Okta, and even Microsoft. And according to a Bloomberg report, an English England-based teenager might be the person heading up the operation. Four researchers investigating the hacking group lapses on behalf of companies that were attacked said they believe the teenager is the mastermind. However, the teenager apparently uses the online alias White or Breachbase, has not been accused by law enforcement, and the researchers haven't been able to conclusively tie him to every hack lapses' claim. The teenager is apparently based about five miles outside of Oxford University and Bloomberg says it was able to speak to his mother Mm. for 10 minutes Mm. through a doorbell intercom system at the home. The teenager's mother told the publication she did not know of allegations against him. She declined to discuss her son in any way or make him available for an interview and said the issue was a matter for law enforcement and that she was contacting the police. How crazy that a teenager can lead a extremely talented hacking group that has hacked into some of the biggest most data secure companies that exist and it's a teenager and they said in fact some of the hacks were so sophisticated in nature that they suspect it could have been an automated hack meaning he programmed a program to automate the process of hacking into one of the so biggest So he is a companies. bloody genius. A bloody genius. Uh, you know, and uh, that's the thing. You never know with teenagers. You think they're in their room listening to music or watching Netflix. Meanwhile, he's hacking all around the world. <laughs> you just never know, eh? <laughs> Jeez. Well, well done. I actually, I take my hat off, eh? Absolutely. It's, it's good. Remember a few weeks ago, we discussed the NASA... Um, tender to basically go and create a moon lander in space. Yes. And they awarded it to Starlink. Yes. And Amazon's Blue Origin or Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin was not happy with it at all (laughs) and ended up suing NASA (laughs) to lose. Um, And now NASA has announced plans to develop a, a second moon lander alongside SpaceX's Starship. So this is in addition to the contract they awarded to Starlink, which was originally a competition between three finalists, of which two would be chosen and only one was chosen. So today, NASA announced plans to develop a second human lunar lander for its Artemis program, the agency's major spaceflight initiative to send humans back to the moon. This is a big thing because the last time we were on the moon was 1970. Mm. And this will be the first time that we've revisited the moon in over 50 years. I think it's time for us to visit the moon again. So to build the vehicle, the space agency is calling on commercial space companies to propose concept for landers that can take people to and from the moon's orbit and the lunar surface with the goal of having them ready by 2026 to 2027 at the earliest. NASA already holds a contract with with SpaceX to develop their lunar lander for Artemis, which aims to land the first woman and the first person of color on the moon in 2021. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. Um, On the moon and in 21, the space agency awarded a sole contract to SpaceX worth of $2.9 billion. They're not trying to land the first woman and the first person of color on the moon. Mm. Um, The last year, a year ago, Mm -hmm. it's still happening. It's in development. Uh, Starship's vehicle into a lander that can take humans to and from the lunar surface. As of now, both NASA and SpaceX are working towards conducting the first Artemis lunar landing as early as 2025. We're talking about going back to the moon in less than three years. To, to And remember what the cameras were used when we recorded the first moon landing in 1970. Imagine that. Black and white, grainy, grainy terrible grainy. quality, f- like 360p. And now we're going back there with 
4K, Oof. 8K resolution cameras. Do a virtual tour Yo. of the moon. VR cameras. Yeah. The, the, the excitement levels are at a sky high <laughs> here in, in my life right now. Thinking about this. It's a good time to be alive. Good time. NASA had originally wanted to pick two companies to develop human uh, landers. For Artemis, in order to inspire competition and keep costs down, the agency unfortunately hit a, a, a budget issue and had to only pick one. For the year 2021, NASA had requested $3.4 billion from Congress and only received $850 million. However, now they have received the full amount and intend to award a second moon lander opportunity to Blue Origin or even Richard Branson's space agency. We don't know who it is, but people are now allowed to submit their applications. Um, ex- everyone except for Starlink is, is supposed to submit their applications and they will now be selecting who will be also um, going to the moon in potentially 2027 at the earliest uh, or even 2026 if we're lucky to land on the moon and and they want the basically they want competition between these space agencies they want to create competition from a cost perspective and also mm-hmm. an innovation perspective nothing makes you innovate more than competition so that's what they're doing at the moment and in related to space before we close off there is something interesting now you can use your mobile phone as a space monitoring tool to aid an open source project this is actually very very cool so what's happening now is the Camelot app will turn your smartphone into an instrument for crowdsourced science. Leave it by your window each night with your satnav positioning turned on and your phone will record small variations in satellite signals, gathering data for machine learning analysis of meteorology and space weather patterns. A newly released Android app that you can go download now will turn your smartphone into an instrument for crowdsourced science. You can leave it by your window with your satnav on and your phone will record small variations in satellite signals gathering data for the machine learning technology. The Camelot app developed through ESA's Navigation Innovation and Support Program or NAV. ISP or NAVISP with the support of the agency's GNSS or um, Science Support Center is suitable for more than 50 models in the smartphone market which come equipped with dual frequency sat-nav receivers. As well as helping to create new earth and space weather forecasting models, participants are also in with the chance to win prizes including new phones and Amazon vouchers. This four-month citizen science campaign runs until the end of July. Global navigation satellite systems such as Europe's Galileo have revolutionized everyday life and the previously modulated signals and continuously genera- that are continuously generated by the dozens of satellites in orbit are also providing a valuable resource for science increasingly employed to study Earth's atmosphere, oceans and surface environments. When satellites send information from space or from orbit to Earth there are certain things that can affect how those signals are received, right? It could be, for instance, tens of thousands of permanent GNR stations are continuously recording satnav data. As the satellite signal travels to Earth, they are modified by the amount of water vapor in the lower atmosphere, and this can help forecast things like rainfall in a particular region, wow. depending on how much water is in the atmosphere <clears throat> yeah. and how long the signal takes to be received. This is all what t- plays a role. So satnav singles also undergo delay and fading, known as scintillization. And as they pass through irregular plasma patches in the ionosphere, this electrically charged upper atmosphere layer is continuously changing, influenced by solar activity, geomagnetic conditions, and the local time of day. Dual frequency satnav receivers can compensate for this effect by comparing the two frequencies. So ultimately, you have an opportunity to download an app Leave it at a window at night, allow it to receive satellite um, geosatellite signals and information, and in return, it relays that to a machine learning algorithm to help forecast weather. Uh, understand how satellites are, are, are how satellites are being received information from satellites are being received and help them adjust to send the signal better but at the same time you can help play the role of being a future um, aid in, in weather forecasting mm-hmm. rainfall forecasting geomagnetic storm forecasting all this stuff you can actually 
be a part of it. It's not there to find out your geographical location. That's not what this program is all about. This program is about allowing you to assist in providing data because everyone lives in different places. The fact that everyone's in different places and the information, how it differs, plays a role in calculating atmospheric pressure and all sorts of stuff like that. So you can play a role in helping collect this information, help change the way that we predict the weather. No one's been as frustrated as me when you think it's a sunny day tomorrow and it's flipping hailing. You (laughs) you don't want that. So you can actually do that and partake in a crowdsourcing initiative and potentially win real cashback rewards, Amazon, Amazon vouchers and all sorts of stuff just by partaking in the service. Costs you nothing. Why not? I think it's quite a cool initiative. Kane, wow. Uh, just before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, in what position must your phone be uh, uh, when you put it at the window? Well, your phone is equipped to receive satellite information. Most modern phones that are that have these dual satellite receivers are equipped to receive information from satellites, whether it's an internet connection or whether it's something like a DSTV signal. These are all ways that your phone would need to receive data. So just leaving it there with that function turned on is enough because it will collect the information itself it's okay, our program to do it I'm just a little concerned you know we don't all live in safe neighborhoods <laughs> would it be wise to, <laughs> to leave your phone in the window so and then because I can tell you my forecast is that the next the next morning you won't have a phone <laughs> Very fair point. Yes. Very you didn't, fair you didn't point. think of that, did you? If you have a sunroof, now's the time to use it. <laughs> but maybe don't leave your if, leave your phone on the second, third, fourth story away from easy access. I maybe. mean, yeah, imagine. I mean, imagine being all excited, leaving your phone on the windowsill. Oh, can't wait to read my data in the morning. And then the next morning, you don't have a you phone. You've got an email. You've won a $50 Amazon voucher. But now you get $50 off your new phone because it got stolen. Insurance <laughs> doesn't cover it. What do you mean you left it by the windowsill? <laughs> like, were you tempting them? No new phone, sorry. <laughs> oh my word, that's, that's brilliant. But anyway, yeah, I think I think of all those things. But anyway, that's a, it's a very good initiative. Kane, uh, thank you so much. That's it for uh, another Tech uh, Plus for this week. Sorry, I almost forgot the show's name. <laughs> uh, for another Tech Plus, uh, I think I was actually checking my calendar while I'm busy talking, so that's why I sound so distracted. But it looks like, oh, we've got another one. Yeah, we still have another one left for March. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the last uh, Tech Plus of March will be next week. Yes. I'm looking Very forward to that. Very last day of March. We didn't, get, we didn't get through all the topics, but there's definitely a lot that we can discuss next week but there's a lot of things for us to be following up on as well so I'm looking forward to next week's Tech Plus uh, just a special thank you and shout out to everybody listening and you know supporting us every single week It's it's been a blast over the last year doing this and uh, yeah everyone have a great day thank you Kane you too enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you right here next week sounds like a plan cheers Ian. cheers Bye-bye. man <laughs>